Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. The hell with the theme, we're going to cut it off early. Welcome to the June 10th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, Zombie. Uh, this episode of Rubber Guard is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you get Lucha Libre masks, t-shirts, DVDs, a uh, couple shoot interviews, uh, Michael Mata's shoot, the Ballard Brothers shoot, and the newly released two-disc shoot interview with Mr. Tracy Smothers. Uh... That is back in stock, so it is now available at WrestleWarehouse.com. Also, you can get the best of SoCal Crazy in SoCal Pro Wrestling. It's a two-disc set for, I think it's $10. bucks. Um, it is really well worth the, uh, the $10, and it's a really good set. Um, all I have to say is the, the fourth match on disc two. That's all I've got to say. Uh, blow away stuff. Also, the other sponsor would be SlamBamJam.com. For all your current and past Lucha Libre and Japanese pro wrestling needs, uh, some wacky indie stuff, a uh, whole bunch of indie sleaze. Uh, there's some old battle arts. There's some U-style on there as well. Um, there's even some Joshi. Yes, Rob, there's Joshi. Um, there's <laughs> Also some really good best-of DVDs. Uh, I highly recommend their seven-disc uh, Gordy and uh, Williams comp from 93. That's just a blow-away set. Um, you see... Uh, the, the Miracle Violence combination just become arguably the greatest tag team uh, in Japan in 93. Um, also got to throw shots out to the mothership, angrymarks.com. Thanks to Stevie and the rest of the boys for uh, you know showing us the love. I really appreciate it. Also, uh, we have to put over uh, lightsoutradio.com, um, MMA radio at its best. Um, Matt Bishop will be on in the second hour. He is our in-house MMA analyst. It will be running down uh, the card for UFC 99. We'll be talking about this past weekend's shows and whatnot. Now, before we get going, and I do the introductions, um, the, the, the words and the views of myself do not reflect those of AngryMarks.com, only me. And if you've got a problem with what I say, fuck you. Let's debate on the air. Um, I just I had to put that out just because uh, we're going to get a little controversial in the first hour. Um, I'm joined by my co-host Joshi Rob from out there in chilly ass Pittsburgh, as well as the hick that don't get no lick, my man Killer Kev from the AngryMarks.com uh, staff. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. What's up? What's Thank you very much. Well, let's uh, let's start this off. Um, Zandig, out there in the East Coast, you need to change the name of your company to CZ. And the reason I say this is because there is absolutely no wrestling with your product. You're a fucking joke. Just because you do the best of the best every year doesn't mean shit. It doesn't make up for the fact that you are... You proved last weekend exactly what you and your company are, a bunch of backyarders. You're a joke, and I would love to debate with you on the air, John. Um, you You can hit me up. K-I-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E-2000, AOL.com. Uh, hit the MySpace gimmick. Go through Wax. 
He'll set it up. We'll do it anytime, any place. I will debate with you. Um, you what you call hardcore wrestling is a joke. Hardcore wrestling is at Sushi Onita, 1989, 1990, 1991, um, the Wing promotion with uh, Mr. Pogo. I mean, these gentlemen actually did this did this hardcore stuff, but they told stories, and everything made sense. They used psychology. They just didn't beat the living hell out of each other. So, Mr. Zandig, I would love to debate you on the air. Um, please, if you'd like to call in right now, area code 347-215-7946. I am on for two hours, I have, and we can even go 20 minutes after. Um, I would gladly debate you. Please, call in. Now, next up, this idiot, Nick Gage... I mean, he damn near died this weekend for, what, a $200 payoff? Talk about a fucking joke. Yeah, and the thing is, Gage, when, Gage can actually work. I've seen him do some really good straight matches, but then he does this quote-unquote garbage stuff. You know, he's a mark for himself. Doing this shit for 200 bucks that's a joke. The marks are supposed to be the ones sitting out in the, in the seats, not in the ring. For $200, you damn near killed yourself in some douchebag's backyard. Actually, some douchebag's parents' backyard. And yes, DJ Hyde, I called you a douchebag. You too. Everybody else that, has, that, that works for CZW. They're homegrown workers, as you like to say. Um, I, can't, I can't say nothing about the fly-ins or the guys that they bring in. But those homegrown talents, you guys are a bunch of jokes. Uh, what you do is not wrestling. Um, you need to take the W out of CZW because there is no wrestling at all. Even though, Zandig, you think you can call yourself a wrestling promotion because you do the best of the best every year. You know what? The best of the best is a joke. Okay, I know it's you give the, the title to whoever gives you the best hand job in the back. But, you know, neither here nor there. And, you know, in this, this battle royal thing that you pulled off this past weekend, oh, I don't put myself over. Fuck you, you don't put yourself over. You went in and won the damn thing. What the hell is that about? But once again, these views do not reflect AngryMarks.com. So I'm done with that rant. Um, well, let, me just, uh, let, me, let me just say here, um, you know, granted your, your views do not reflect those of AngryMarks.com, but they do at least reflect the view of one angry mark, and that's me. Um, this, this is just absolutely outrageous. It's atrocious. And at least one of the, one of the good things that I've seen come out of what happened this weekend is the fact that I am seeing a, a lot of growing anger in the pro wrestling community about this, and it's good. It's about damn time that that's happened. It's, you know, it, letting promotions just run away like this is just absolutely ridiculous. You're absolutely right. Nick Gage almost killed himself for a $200 payoff, and, he's, and he is a competent wrestler. $200. He could have went and worked, you know, any promotion, actually putting on a real, decent wrestling match. For $200, he could have sat at a fucking autograph signing and made $200 in a couple hours. That would have, you know, that, those are perfectly good, legitimate things that I would perfectly support any pro wrestler doing. But going out there and killing yourself for the marks like that, there's just no reason for a professional wrestler to ever have to do that. And there should be no reason that a professional wrestler should ever have to mingle with a backyard wrestler on some thrown-together card in somebody's backyard. That's just degrading to me. You know, this, for 
you know, you and I, Zombie, you know, we've worked in the back scenes of professional wrestling, you know, so we, you know, as we work, you know, we develop a, a bond with our fellow pro wrestlers, you know, whether or not, you know, we are in the ring ourselves, you know, we all develop into a family, and we're supposed to be watching each other's backs. Who let this happen? Who failed to watch our brothers in the ring? That's what makes me so angry about this. Somebody failed to take care of us. And did we lose Zombie? I seen him pop into the chat room at angrymarks.com forward slash chat, but uh, I don't hear him on the line here. I'm not on the line. There he is. <laughs> I'm here, there brother. There you are. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, just a, just a quick message to uh, Zandig and, and that goof gauge. Fuck you! Because what you're doing is an embarrassment. It will never get you to WWE. Um, Mick Foley wasn't the exception to the rule. The only exception to the rule. Honestly, do you see any other hardcore, quote-unquote, hardcore workers in the, in the uh, WWE at all? No, not really. I mean, you know, you had oh. you had him, Foley there for a while. You had Raven there for a while. Um, but, you know, uh, you know I don't know if you really want to count CM Punk in that category. Tommy Dreamer. No. Oh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer. Well, okay, there's a difference between a frying pan and a fucking light tube. You're right, there is. And there's a difference between all those guys and Zandig, and it's the fact that they know when a hardcore match is appropriate, and they know what limits to use a hardcore match. You know, CZW, it, there's almost no, there's no limitation there. There's no restraint, and that's what makes it so dangerous. Well, you know, the, the the thing is that Raven has been in three Bob Wire matches in ECW. And each one of them meant something. Each one mm-hmm. was built to, was part of an, a very important story that, that was told properly. And they were done for a reason, not because they're trying to uh, please the fans. You know, what what? how many did they draw in that guy's backyard? Some people are saying 500. I don't know, whatever. The the thing is, you know, the the boys are supposed to work the fans, okay? Not the 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 fans aren't supposed to dictate what the boys do, and I hate the term "fans bring the weapons." Okay. Trying to get someone seriously hurt, and it's really not right. Now I understand, sure, in the ECW arena, you know, guys, uh, fans will hand a chair or you know, pretty much anything else. That, yeah, that's cool, but they didn't try to kill someone, you know, with the bob wire wrap dildo with fucking thumbtacks sticking out the nutsack, you know. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. Um, it's it's not wrestling. I mean, don't call yourself wrestling, because you know you don't see guys going for hammer locks and takedowns. You know, it's the bell rings, we grab light tubes, bam, that's it. I mean, even the garbage stuff in Japan and and. In uh, Big Japan now, they even tell they still tell stories. They work around the the gimmicks. They work around the gimmicks. Their shows are really awesome. If uh, anyone here hasn't seen them, I I was fortunate enough to go to one of their shows, and I mean, you know, they they mix in just about everything. You know, you you do see some hardcore stuff, and that's just insane. But uh, you know, it's a really good show usually, uh, top to bottom, and it's worth a shot if you haven't seen it yet. 
Yep, there it is. Now the thing is, they they work the gimmicks. The gimmicks don't work them, and it, it really bothers me because the the matches should not be about the gimmicks. It's about the guys going in and telling a story. And the, wh- what kind of story is being told? You know what? Who's tougher? Who gets up? Who can cut themselves the most, or who can get cut the most hard way? It's a joke, man. That's not what it's about. It's an art form. You're supposed to simulate violence. That's not simulating shit. And, you know, I, I, I understand the Smart Mark video is, is in the business of making money. I understand that. Mike Burns, you know, my, my own personal feelings aside, they're, you know, they're to make money. And, yes, there's a niche market there. But, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere. You know, someone's going to die in one of these death matches, and it damn near happened this past weekend. Oh yeah, you know, what's it going to take? It's almost happened a couple of times. I mean, Onita himself almost died. He, uh, I think he got barbed stuck in his lung after the one match. So, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, not only is it dangerous for the wrestlers, but it's dangerous for the fans too. I mean, you know, you, there's light tube matches. You got uh, glass flying around everywhere. You know, uh, glass has flown into fans' eyes before. So I mean, you, you know, it's not good for anybody actually. Wow, <laughs> jeez. Uh, well, let's uh, let's wrap up this this topic. Um, this is really upsetting. Um, any any final comments there, Kev? I, I really don't have anything else I can contribute to that. I mean, it's just just horrifying that in this day and age, with with every with all with every, everything that professional wrestling has gone through the last couple of years. You know, this is this is just one one black eye that was just not necessary on the sport, and I hope that every indie less wrestler on the scene today learned something from that. It is just not worth the payoff, especially for as little as indie wrestlers make. I know some indie wrestlers that are making, you know, who who will go out and do that shit for five dollars and a hot dog. I kid you not. There is a promotion here in Kentucky that that did that to wrestlers for a while because they couldn't draw any more fans and they resorted to garbage hardcore wrestling almost on that level, which, by the way, in Kentucky is illegal. Wrestling in the state of Kentucky is is highly regulated and that shit is not allowed. It's why Ian Rotten is not allowed to run IWA Mid-South shows in Kentucky. It's why he was chased out of Louisville, you know, because, you know, long ago the people who are responsible for ensuring that the wrestlers are taken care of safely realize that hardcore wrestling many times is not taking care of the wrestlers very well at all. So they, they chase that out of the state and they try to stomp it out whenever they can. So, you know, but I hope every, prof- every professional wrestler, every indie worker learned a huge lesson here. Never put yourself in that. Never compromise yourself as a professional performing this kind of bullshit. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up uh, our uh, our hardcore discussion. Um, now, you know what? I, I don't even consider that stuff hardcore. Um, a dear friend of mine, Michael Modest, uh, his main catchphrase is wrestling is hardcore because it takes a real man to go out there and put on a show as opposed to being a goof, you know, just uh, hitting hitting, you know, people with God knows what. I mean, I, I can't wait for, you know, some fan to wrap their baby in barbed wire and, you know, hand it to a fan or hand it to a to a guy in the ring. Um, actually, you know what, to be honest, I would pop for that, but 
Hold on, just okay. Uh, Rob, you have the floor. Oh, I got the floor. <laughs> uh, well, um, well, uh, let's get off the hardcore wrestling topic since we finished that one. Let's talk about some of the big news of this week. Uh, in my mind, the biggest news is uh, Umaga has left the WWE. Uh, Umaga has signed with DDT and will feud with the Blow Up Doll. <laughs> yeah, she got. Can only wish. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're all hardcore for that, aren't you? I'm on it. But actually, you know what? I I, I think I think they're going to reunite uh, Three Minute Warning in All Japan in the next um, uh, tag tournament thing they do, whatever it's called. Really? Uh, that's, why not? They both worked for him. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's possible, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm hoping we we get like a new Samoan SWAT team with like him and. Uh, Alpha maybe or something down in uh, the Indies. That'd be pretty cool myself. I think so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. What what a loss he is for WWE. I mean, he's a big guy. He's got a gimmick that's different. You know, he's a good worker. You know, what what a loss. That's a you know, he's always been one of the staples of the mid card, and you know, always good for a main event shot. So. And we did it. Get, we, it is a, we didn't get the feud with the Undertaker. Damn it. That could have been so fun. Taker sitting up after getting the thumb, you know, in the in the uh, blow off match, ah, that would have just been money, you know. I, you could have booked it very easy. Yomaga kept using the thumb, putting out the Taker, and then finally in the end, Taker sits up and that's it. Simple, simple booking. Jeez, what am I doing here? I should be uh, on the road with WWE, but you know, I'm. There you go. <clears throat> it's it's called no. fantasy booking, not fantasy writing. So I guess I'm not. I'm not able to do it. <laughs> you know what? The, what WWE has done with the Yamaga character at times is just bewildering. Because at first, I didn't think it would get over bringing him in. You know, with you know, just about every mark in the world, knowing that just a few years ago he was in WWE. Three minute warning, speaking perfectly perfect English. Now he comes back with a tattoo, or well, at first he came back. And all he did was grunt, and he had to have a handler speak for him. And, you know, I didn't think it would go over, but, they, you know, they made him so savage and raw in the ring while still pu- pulling off, you know, great, you know, classic Matt Wrestling that, you know, it did get over. And I thought, okay, I can get into this gimmick. But then things started going wrong. First of all, he gets a big-ass tattoo with the word Samoan in English tattooed across his stomach. Like, we're not going to fucking notice that. That's where the character started to break down there. And then for a while, you know, you know, they got rid of Estrada. They had him working for McMahon. They had him working for a few other people. You know, it, looked, you know, it was still kind of the same wild gimmick, but at the time you could see, you know, th- things were going to change. This time around, they bring him back, and he speaks perfect English. What the fuck? The character was gone at that point. You know, so I mean, I mean, what 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 are, what are you really going to do with them at that point? I don't I don't understand what their 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 point was, what the game plan was here, but you know, I don't think there was any fa- failing with the uh, with the guy himself. I you know, because you're because you're right, he actually did put on great you know wrestling matches. He was always good for the mid card. You know, always always inter- you know entertaining workers. So. Why they would get rid of a of a decent worker, I don't know. I guess maybe it's to make room for Chris Masters. <laughs> well, okay, I'm 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 looking in I'm looking in this week's Observer, 
And it says here <laughs> about Chris Masters being hired. <clears throat> it says that uh, there is a question here. There's one question being asked. Does uh, Chris Masters' uh, former strikes <laughs> count against him, or does he start with a clean slate? Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, I I would think it's a clean slate, but uh, yeah, it does make you kind of wonder how that would work. Yeah, I'm thinking clean slate as well. Yeah, I don't know. We just have to wait and see, but uh, you know, Chris Master has definitely improved, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him the second time around, obviously. Yeah, I don't think they can get away with the masterpiece gimmick again. Yeah, yeah. They do that. Fan, fan, fans will revolt if they do. Yeah, this isn't 2005 anymore. <laughs> We're way past that. Uh, what, Nick, Kev, what, what would you do with Chris Masters? Say, say you know, you're, you, you, you're in control. What are you going to do with him? Well, if it was up to me, you know, considering the physique that he has, he could probably be on any show. But considering the limited wrestling ability, the limited mic ability that he has, I would probably throw him on ECW and and have him build up talent there and maybe see if we can make a run with him again. Nah, let's see what Couture has to say. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling What's in. What's up, guys? No problem. What's going on? Where Where would you place Chris Masters? I don't know. I'd have to see him in the ring first. I haven't seen him since he left, so I don't know what he's you know, how much he's improved or whatever. So, you know, I'd have to see him in the ring first before I know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, I've, I've seen Chris recently, and he's starting to look like Gronda in Mexico. So I think he's getting the same uh, human growth hormone that Gronda's been using. So it's going to be kind of interesting. Maybe they could put the paint on him, and he could be, you know, a, a new Gronda in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, out of all people, Masters has always reminded me of, uh, from the original Street Fighter, this guy named, I think his name's Mac. It's like from the really, really old one, but I, I swear to God, this guy's like a kickboxer or whatever, and he looks exactly like him, like down to the T. I, I gotta find a picture of that one and show you. But well, I, gotta I, watch fuck, the... I gotta watch fucking Tony Atlas on ECW. Might as well put Chris Masters on there. <laughs> Why do yeah. I why do I feel like uh, Chris Masters is going to be for uh, the new millennium's uh, Lex Luger? Well, they tried to make well, him that, you know, the whole masterpiece gimmick. I mean, that's you know, it's just like him almost. Pretty much, yeah. Is that people got to make that Lex Luger? <laughs> oh, ooh, that was low. <laughs> that was low. Just got to just got to put a steel plate in his forearm. Something like Fail. that. Uh-uh. Just had to have him work with Ric Flair all the time. And Ricky Chris Masters, Chris Masters couldn't keep up with that 80-year-old. So, <laughs> that's a shoot. Everybody so thought have... Lex Luger was so good the first three years of his career. Fuck, he's working with Flair, Barry Windham, and Ricky Steamboat. I'd look good the first three years of my career, too. Yeah, no doubt. I, even before that, look who, look who he was working with in Florida. His first program, Wahoo McDaniel. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> If you can't learn from Wahoo, I don't think he learned much from Brody when he chased him out of the cage, though, because I don't think they worked that much. <laughs> I still get a kick out of that, man. That's great. I was watching that today. That's funny. No, oh, dude. No, man. Hey, if Brody's that. gonna get me in a cage, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting out of there too, real fast. True that. <laughs> Did you hear who they, 
who they interviewed for the WCW DVD? No. Uh, uh-uh. They interviewed David Crockett, Kevin Sullivan, Goldberg, and Jim Crockett. What a what a lineup that is. Mm-hmm. That's money. I'm actually. I probably want to hear what Jim Crockett has to say. I haven't heard anything from him because he left the business. I'll, I'll download it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an interesting one. I think he's like embarrassed to be involved with wrestling. I mean, that he was in it. Well, never well, about it. Can get some more names working with that, you know, like Eric Bischoff or whatever. But uh, that's a that's an interesting lineup. I, I don't think it's going to draw many DVD buys, but it's interesting. No, I think it's no. Casey, have you heard that? Have you heard uh, Cornette's latest audio commentary on Joey Styles? As a uh, the one that was posted this past Monday. Yeah. No, I have not. Oh my God! Well, it was, it was a first. It was first. It was like I don't know what day it was. It was maybe last week he did one yes, about Joey I Styles knocking Barack yeah, Obama. That, that was good. What you think of it? Oh, brilliant! I love. He just Cornette. needs it. He just needs to rant on real life shit. Forget his wrestling bullshit. Just yeah. rant on real life stuff. Well, uh, you know, if there were one guy that I would, uh, you know, give a complimentary handjob to, it would have to be Cornette. Just because he's got the balls to say whatever he wants. He doesn't care. Yeah, now, well, for years, you know, in those other shoot interviews, he was still with WWF because he couldn't really say anything, like, like really go off on anybody, but now. Mm-hmm. Just get him away from T and I had like, what he really thinks of that. <laughs> oh. So, Chris, have you listened to the Tracy Smothers shoot yet? It's a new one. Uh, yeah, I listened to about the first 90 minutes of it. What'd you think? Really good. I liked I thought it. it sucked. Oh, really? Because I didn't conduct it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't get so he's out got, of He's got good stories. I like listening to him. He's like one of those guys that... He's like one of the toughest guys that nobody really really knew it because of who he was. I think they you know, just thought it was just like some southern hillbilly or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, he's got he, good stories. You know, he would have been a bad motherfucker in MMA. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Men, too. You know, I mean, I would have loved to see Haku in a fucking cage. Mm. <laughs> Haku in a cage, uh... Can you imagine... Four people's the- eyes out of the sockets. Can you can you imagine being on the other side of the cage and staring at Haku coming right at you? You know they they actually tried to get him into the first couple UFCs. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. But he was in WCW at that time, wasn't he? Then it was like early nineties or something like that. Uh, ninety. When did UFC start? Ninety three? Ninety four? I first started seeing the videos in like ninety four, I think. Mm-hmm. I think ninety three yeah. is about right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they. Uh, I don't know if it was whatever company he was with at the time. I think they were trying to get him in the UFC, and UFC didn't want to do it, or something, or it was the other way around. I don't. I, know. I would think I mean, he wouldn't want to do it because I mean, you know, what does Haku really have to gain from doing that? And he could lose a lot by if <laughs> so mad he got his ass beat or something like that. You know. What did those guys have to prove back then? My style is the best. And they challenge you. You know, I mean, it's simple. Joe Sondo is still the strongest style. Let, let's get that back straight right now. Karate motherfucker. Joe Sondo. <laughs> I'm talking about. Nah, no. I, I, I'm a, 
I'm a firm believer in no can do. Yes, I am a black belt in no can do, as my wife likes to say. But we'll, we'll leave this bitch out of it. <laughs> I say that while I'm outside, so. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I just started listening to a a very recent shoot interview with Colt Cabana. Um, he just started talking about getting signed, and uh, it's pretty cool that that Colt decided to uh, snub certain people in Philadelphia and go with a more of a local company up in Chicago area to get the shoot to. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that you know, Rob. It's not fair that Rob corners the market. I know you guys probably can't hear me. There's an airplane over me, so. Would you say? Uh, the... <clears throat> All right. I did now, listen Chris, to the, the Feinstein shoot interview. It was okay. Which one? The new Feinstein interview. Yeah, I liked it. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. He didn't. No. Uh, did any of you happen to see the uh, new shoot interview with uh, Funk and Backlund? That looked pretty cool. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Soon enough. I've never been a big Backlund fan, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I'm two together. I mean, there should be a lot of good stories between. Backlund, Backlund is like plain oatmeal. He needs a whole lot of additives to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still can't believe Vince actually ran with him. I mean, you know, he couldn't talk. His matches were, weren't really that great, you know. He didn't have the look. I mean, it's pretty amazing, you know. He, he was an ethnic. Yeah, <laughs> they were big on the ethnic guys back then. Yeah, but you got you got to understand though, in the seventies like that, they needed a shooter to hold on to that belt just in case there was a double cross, like there was in Japan with with the no. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why and race he still got double crossed. <laughs> yeah, That's the funny exactly. thing, though. I mean, he got double crossed anyway. But, you know, yeah, I remember they they showed the um. The Backland uh, Bobby Duncan match, you know, for the vacant title on uh, like MSG Classic, like last year or something. I watched it and like they didn't announce that the title was vacant. It was like he was still the champion, but it was for the vacant title. I don't know. It was the whole thing was weird. Tell you what, you know what? You know, speaking of people in MMA, if they had MMA back then, Bob Backlund would have been a hell of a bastard, I think, in the ring. Mm, no. <laughs> no? Too small. Too small. Really? Maybe too small. He was really small. Like he, I don't think he could. 220, I mean, what do you want, you know? What do you guys think about uh, Kimbo next season? Oh, uh, great move. That's a great move. I love it. I think it's, I think it's pretty smart. You know, it's like a win-win situation for Dana if he... If he doesn't, you know, if he loses, then so what? You no. Know, Dana was right all along about him, you know, not belonging. And if he wins, then he's got somebody else to, you know, like build up and have some money fights Rocking with. Rocking Kimbo, Rocking Kimbo. Yeah, I mean, he's really got nothing to lose from it. So, you know, I mean, it's going to get some more publicity and fans. So why not? I mean, you know, as long as he's not too uh, crazy expensive, you know, go for it. Also. Well, Kimbo will get good training as well. Yeah. Which I think is a, a positive. Yes, he will. 
That's that's yeah. that's what I'm wanting. To, that's what I'm wanting to see the most in the in this season. You know, now that they've put Kimbo in there, I want I want to see how much he can improve. That now that they've actually put him with real trainers, and they're going to put him on a real schedule, get him away from his his posse and the people who you know pat him on the back and and, and blow smoke up his ass all the time. Now he'll be put to work, and we'll really mm-hmm. see you know whether he has the metal to stay in MMA or whether he needs to go back to street back. fighting. Or go to CZ and work for Zandig in the backyard. But I don't I'd think like Zandig could afford him. Yeah, no shit, huh? <laughs> I'd like to patch in uh, the most hardcore Canadian known, Mr. Peter H. Thanks for calling in, Pete. How you doing? Not too bad. How you guys doing tonight? I don't know. Just shooting the shit, basically. Yeah. No guests tonight. Just uh, shooting the shit. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't do any work this weekend, so that's why we don't have any guests. I'm lazy. And plus, of course, my co-host, Rob, doesn't bring anything to the table. So, you know, I have to do all the work. <clears throat> Sorry, Rob. Had to bury you. You keep talking like that. You know, you're, you're lucky you're on the other side of the U.S. Hey, you want to meet in Vegas in May? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be on the undercard. <laughs> Dark match. Lady J wouldn't even film us. <laughs> it, it'd have to be a catch weight, though, at 200, because, I mean, I, I'm about 210 now, so. Just don't wear any shorts like Peach Machine wore. Oh, didn't Peach look gay as hell? <laughs> he was all sucked up looking and shit. But it was cool for what it was, you know? Yeah. I mean, Brian has no defensive game off his back. I'm Can sorry. Have judges. Yes. No, everybody should have been a judge. You know, hand count kind of thing. But... I don't know. Uh, like Granny, Ed in San Antonio, and like Dave Meltzer's are three judges. That'd be hilarious. There you go. Well, no, at least it looks is... it looks somewhat professional. I, I think Brian probably thought he was going to some like shitty gym on some mats or something like that. Now, why was I, Granny I, not the ring girl? That, that's my question. Excuse me. Was <laughs> Granny not the ring girl? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're a sick bastard. <laughs> You're twisted. Oh, oh! Speaking of the skinny Mexican, I'd like to wish you a happy birthday, Brian. Come this Friday, uh, you prick! You didn't wish me one this past Monday, but fuck you! Happy birthday, Brian. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. Happy birthday, bro! Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Another day, another dollar. Hey, I need, can I pl- can I plug something real quick? Sure. You're not gonna say no, are you? Of course not. Okay. <laughs> On the, the drunk cast variety, they're gonna have Dusty Wolf on, and me and Ed are gonna be interviewing. Dusty Wolf? Oh, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, that should be good. Is uh, Dusty giving you an hour? I think maybe like the last half hour, maybe an hour. Okay. Whenever, whenever they decide to call him or whatever, and so I mean, him, he knows Peach is useless in like the his, history of wrestling and stuff like that. Guys like Dusty Wolf, so cool. he asked me to do it. Picture a good job on the Pure Dynamite review. Oh, did you like that? Yeah, it was very good, man. Thank you. For those who don't and tonight, know, uh, is, oh, go ahead. And tonight, uh, Lance is going to be on Sinbad and Jakey later tonight. Oh, God. I'm sorry, but I can't deal with Jakey, man. He's too gay for me. Actually, you know what, though? I think it's a work. I think it's a work. I think it's a fucking gimmick. But that's just me, and I think I think Jakey's banging that chick in, in his signature. But that's just me. I'm sorry. He, you know, he he tries too hard. 
you know, plus I know. I mean, hello, I'm from San Francisco. I'm straight, but you know, I've seen my fair share of homosexuals, and uh, he uh, he's trying too hard. But you know, got to live the gimmick, I guess. You yeah, know, me and, uh, the gate, me, and, then. me and Bergen did a, a audio review of Pure Dynamite for the Torch. So anybody that's got a membership over there can go listen to it. That's a great. There you go, and you can listen. You can you can listen to my blitz too. I did one too. So. Bergen Bergen's a slut, man. He'll he'll fucking record anybody. But I think we're cool. gonna be. Uh, I think pretty soon we're gonna be uh, reviewing Body Slam the movie. Oh jeez. Oh, mm-hmm. I found it on YouTube and I found the whole thing on YouTube and so I asked him if he maybe want to review it for the Blitz one day. And he said we probably will in a couple of weeks. So maybe I should review uh, Ready to Rumble. <laughs> they, God, no. they reviewed. Uh, I like to hurt people. Did Did you guys ever see that? I loved it. Yeah, it was like the old Detroit uh, wrestling. Mm, I loved it with with That's the Shikia. Now I just yeah, gotta find Grunt. Stuff. I've got to find Grunt the wrestling movie online. I, what I have it, Chris? Really? I, I like yeah. that the Hurt People has uh, Creechman and uh, what's his name and the Wizard on there, right? Mm-hmm. I think Creechman is the Wizard, didn't he? No. No, no, no. He's not the Wizard. No, no, no. Two, two different people. No. Uh, <laughs> what one's... <laughs> Well, actually, I mean, they're, they're not that different. One's a Jewish guy, and one's a Jewish guy pretending to be an Arab guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Katrere, I, I would send you a copy of the uh, of a Grunt the Wrestling movie, but I've yet to get my Chris Adams disc, so ain't happening. Uh, he, he, I, he, I sent he, it like three weeks ago. You didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. RF, it's in the. No, middle. I've been, I've been, I, no, seriously, I've been really busy, and I've been putting it off, so. Oh, I gotta send good. that. I'll send. I'll put that. I'll put that in the mail when I go to put my fucking Xbox 360 in the mail because I got a red ring of death on it. Fuckers. Ooh, no good. I think Mike's well, here. Like, it lasts more than a fucking year. Bastard. Let's get to. Let's get to XWT Classics and get that. Uh, that disc for you. <laughs> I love this site. This site rules. Grunt was I mean, like the first wrestling movie I, love I ever XWT. saw. They're great. Grunt was like was the first wrestling movie I ever. First wrestling movie I ever saw. It was weird. First he, one I saw. He beheaded was, the uh, guy. No holds, he, no holds barred. He, he beheaded <laughs> the guy when he was in the ropes. Yeah. Here we go. Grunt the wrestling movie, 1985. Yeah. And it had yeah, Adrian had Street in it. He was weird. Speaking of Adrian Street, 52talk.com has got an interview up today with Adrian Street. And I love that website. That website. The one with the Bill Watts interviews and stuff on there? Yes. They just posted the fourth part of Bill Watts. What kind of website is that, by the way? I couldn't figure it out. You what now? What kind of website is that, by the way? I couldn't figure it out. It's a a gold exchange website. And they gave one of their employees, you know, who, who I guess is connected somehow, with uh, with uh, classic pro wrestlers, they gave him the go to do bot- podcast interviews. Now, now, where can we find that website? Because I'd like to see it myself, but I, I can't find it. Go to figure4online.com, click on the daily update, and scroll down. It's on your left. Okay, okay. Cool. It was the gold exchange. Did you ever see those Santo Gold infomercials? No. Have you heard of them? Santo? Santo Gold? No. Uh-uh. 
It was like, it was it used to come on like 1 o'clock in the morning. It was like an infomercial for, I don't know, for like buying gold necklaces and shit. And it had like a, a Mexican uh, wrestling connection or some shit like that. And I don't know, it was, it was fun. <laughs> Oh, that's I got to go, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good week. All right, Petey. That's 57 Talk, KZ, not a 52 Talk. Oh, I said 57 Talk. Did I? Oh, 57 Talk. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 57 Talk. My bad. I'm sorry. But it's a brilliant website. Uh, Gary's got all kinds of great interviews. Uh, the Bill Watts stuff is brilliant. Um, is that just like oh, racing stuff, racing interviews, or like... Yeah. Yeah, he conducted. Okay. He posts shit daily. He just posted today an 83-minute 83, 83 interview with Adrian Street. Yesterday, he posted 73 minutes with Paul Orndorff. <clears throat> He's got multiple parts with Buck Robley, um, Dutch Sheik Savage. Well, no, it's not the original Sheik. But yeah, 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 but they're talking about him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, Junior. Yeah. Eddie Farhat Jr., um, and then Mark Lawrence, Mickey Grant from a World Class, Akbar, um, oh. Johnny Powers, all kinds of fun shit here, man. Necro. Yeah, I just like uh, I just like clicked on it on the ad the other day. I never even heard of it and saw all the interviews. It, I need to advertise it more. Well, Maybe they need to become a sponsor on here. <laughs> well, they they already pay a rather large amount of money to the Observer site, so I, I don't think. I don't think they would do that, but I mean, because you know, I don't hold the candle to Brian Alvarez. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, you know, my 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 heat with Alvarez is that you know he's busy uh, playing with young boys on Wednesday nights instead of coming out of my show. So, <clears throat> okay. Anyway. So what else is going on, guys? Hey, Z, we got we got to talk about the second biggest piece of news this week. Vicky Guerrero is gone, and hopes to God never coming back. They put her out to pasture. Yes. Oh, I liked her. No, she quit. Whatever, yeah. man. She yeah, legit. She, she legitimately put in her walking papers uh, last month. And then the beating started. The great thing. Burial. I, that was horrible. I'm sorry. I mean, they. I mean. It was, you know, it was uh, tasteless, and it, it doesn't it make sense. I mean, how is the wife of a wrestler, you know, with no experience, going to be the GM and the head of like every matchmaking decision? It made no sense. The segment had a kind of like a Trish Vince McMahon feel to it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. But you know, whatever. Good, good for her. She got paid. She got yep. paid, and she got out. So, without taking you know what? too he many did. bumps. You know what? To 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 a small degree, I am going to miss her because she she did grow on me as a character, and you know I I did, wasn't really comfortable with her on Raw, but on SmackDown, I eventually became fine with it. It didn't it didn't bother me that she uh, did some of the things that she did as a character. Fail. So it, it it gave me it gave me something to hate. So. <laughs> she never made the excuse me T-shirt I wanted to buy. The what T-shirt? The Excuse Me T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> damn! How they never made a T-shirt? How oh, the there. fuck did they pass that up? I don't know. I have no idea. Wow! Uh, don't even. Now we need to bring on? back Mike Adamley. 
Oh, fuck you. Wait till Monday. No, I'm thinking Flair on Monday. You think so? Gotta be Flair. Yeah, they're in Charlotte. Oh, shit. I forgot. I, I, I forgot completely. I wanted to dedicate this show to uh, the death of Andre Arlovsky's MMA career. I completely forgot to dedicate the show at the beginning. I, I'm so sorry, guys. I, I, I miss things. You know, I'm getting old. I've been, you know, just a whole bunch of stress. You're getting and, senile. Yes, that's it. I completely forgot to dedicate the show to the death of Andre Arlovsky's career. Talk, that was funny as hell. That was great. I popped. I was like, yeah. Yeah, speaking, you go get him, speaking to death of Speaking of death of careers, we, we need to do another one for Jens Pulver. Oh, God. I you think know, that was worse. It, it's a shame because Jens is a hell of a guy. You know, he's a sweetheart of a guy. That's a shame. He's, you know, he's, he's a really good guy. But I don't know. I've, I've pretty much always felt that he's, oh, he's like, uh, who's that goof from uh, Cincinnati? Uh, George Gergel. I always felt that he was a better coach than a fighter. But that's just me. It's a likable fella. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, let's see. Is there anything else to talk about here? Uh, Wrestling-wise? Um, hmm. Oh, well. What about the rumors of uh, Rey Mysterio possibly uh, being done with WWE? What do you guys think about that? I think he's going to get out of his contract and go work for AAA. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, why not? Do it, you know. I mean, they're so popular right now down in Mexico, but I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think he'll be back, you know. But uh, I, I think, think he's a guy he, that they do. They're gonna. They try hard to keep because he probably brings oh. in a lot of money, merchandise. Oh, they I need mean. him. I mean. You know, next to John Cena, he's you know the top face and probably the top merchandise salesman. I mean, oh yeah, he, he's so important to the product. He, he's, the fa- he's he's the Latino face. Yeah. It's like they put him back on SmackDown for the uh, Latino demographic or whatever. You know what? You know what? That's fucked up because that's saying that you know Latinos don't have cable. <laughs> that's exactly what they're saying. Well, I'm sure some of them don't. <laughs> Man, that's fucked up. But last night on uh, In the Ring, if I remember right, Kev? Yes. Okay, yeah, on In the Ring last night, I, I came up with a brilliant idea with uh, Ray and Jericho, hair versus mask, hang the belt over the ring with the ladder. Ray falls off and, and you know, his his knees fall up, just fall off and he's going to walk to the back of the, to the back you know, on his kneecaps, and that that'll be that. But I think that they should at least do the mask mask hair gimmick, and you know, because Jericho could use a haircut. Yes, he looked more heelish, just like you know, with like a a buzz cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he can uh, mimic Lance Storm, if I could be serious for a moment. Lance says he, he's he's growing back to the flat top for the ROA shows. <laughs> I want the mullet back. Forget that. Huh. With with the little blonde ponytail from, from yeah. 90, oh, 96, the skydiving J. Oh, dude, that was brilliant. Oh, the man, I love that. Turn. I mean, the, the mullet is a staple of pro wrestling. 
Oh, well. Keep it old school, right? That's right. Oh, well, let's see. Kevin, since uh, you are the first person to call in to uh, to assist in this evening's uh, affairs, I'm going to give you the office. You come up with the next topic of discussion. And it can't be MMA. It cannot be MMA. Correct. Damn, because you know I love MMA. You know, you know I, do, I, just, I just follow it so deeply. It's my passion. Ah, let's see. What the fuck do I want to discuss that I have not hashed to death? Hey, Kev, uh, I might be going to Bound for Glory this year. Why? Awesome. Because it's going to be here in Dallas, I think. Oh, okay, well. It's rumored to be here in Dallas, so I may go to that. At least you don't have to. At least you won't have to travel. Um, well, and I can while probably you, get and, front row seats with the with the way their tickets go. So <laughs> there you go. While, while you're thinking, hey, here, Kevin, here's a, oh. here's something to think about. Um, speaking of TNA, the idea of Mick Foley uh, trying to change the rules to where he only has to defend the title once a year. <laughs> More power to him. Well, it's an interesting it's an interesting con it's an interesting concept. Of course, it's not going to go over, but but if, but he did bring up a good point. You know, if you think about it, you know, in major league other major league sports, the, you know, the the big crown that everybody goes for that's only done you know once a year, you know, for the most part, you know, except yeah. in maybe like tennis or golf, there might be four major you know, events that go on. So, you know, why should why should a the heavyweight champion have to defend the title every single month when other champions and other professional sports don't necessarily have to do things? Even if, I mean, even if you look at MMA, how many times is Brock Lesnar going to defend the UFC title? Maybe twice in a year. Look at boxing. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Thank you. Well, hell, you got in, in boxing. You got the problem of people retiring in the middle of training, which fucks everything up. And you got five different titles going on in boxing, and yeah, but boxing is really interesting right now because uh, uh, there's like a whole mess of things going on. You got Klitschko trying to unify titles. You got uh, Chigayev getting stripped of one with another guy who he lost to, be, be, being declared champion. Uh, the mess, but it's an interesting one. I yeah, have no idea what work. you're talking about. Boxing's a work. <laughs> seriously, come on, seriously. Boxing is a bigger work than professional wrestling. <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> you, and that starts oh, right man. at the top with all the, with with the alphabet soup boxing councils. It starts right up there at the top and filters all the way down. Jesus Suleiman, WBC. He's the the cocksucker at the top. He makes all it, it, the decisions. It's probably the only thing that could be scummier than pro wrestling. Mm. Last all boxing right. fight I saw was Tyson and Buster Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> that was That's, the worst. Ah, come on. Boy, I'm serious. <laughs> Seriously, that's the last time you watched boxing. Yeah. Well, damn, you need to, you need, you need, you need to, you know. And it fucked up the whole thing. Wait, but. It fucked the whole thing up next week because Tyson was going to be the ref in the Hogan Savage match and got fucking Buster Douglas instead. <laughs> That's true. Oh, you need to watch me. ES- you need to. You need to go watch ESPN Classic. Nope, you've been muted, Kevin. We don't want to hear about boxing. 
I can't watch boxing. It's I'm too just boring for See me. that? I'm the boss. I can do what I want. <clears throat> I cut you off, Kev. Okay. <laughs> we we do not discuss boxing on uh, on this show. Um, I I can't stand it. It's it's um, I don't know. I don't blame it's you. About, it's it's, it's complete. It's completely fake. It's unbelievable. I don't blame you. <laughs> Some of the best workers in the world. It's true. I'd rather watch Rocky. Oh God, Rocky Balboa. Oh man, that movie was so bad. So bad. Oh, really? I mean, that was bad. Oh, Rocky looked. His face looked horrible. Looked like a a melted candle. <laughs> you know, and and, and his, then uh, see that's that's unrealistic boxing to me. Nobody's gonna take shots like that throughout a whole fucking fight. You you watch yeah, I mean, boxing. That, the fight was a little bit unrealistic, but I mean, I I mean they built it up well. I mean, it, they tried to make sense of it, and yeah. hey, it was dramatic. It was good. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't they didn't make it as unbelievable as possible with Rocky winning, but uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad for what it was, but you know. When are they gonna make a movie about an MMA fighter? They've been making them, haven't they? It's worse. They're making like a right Rocky now. type movie. They, like they, a Rocky type movie. Right yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and I don't mean these underground fighting films. You no. know, where somebody's uh-huh. you know apartment fighting. Well, who would you they should do one on? I mean, Randy Couture. They should do a Randy Couture biopic or something like that. It's in know? the works, guys. It's in the works. It's in the works. Seriously. He's not doing Scorpion King Five or something like that. <laughs> God. <laughs> Damn Texans. <laughs> oh my God. The pr- the, the problem is with like a one of those movies. Like all the best fighters for the most part have been foreign and. Yeah, America that doesn't really care about foreign fighters for the most part. Uh, you know, I mean, you think about it, you got like Fedor, I mean, you know, who's going to care about that? You got, uh, God, I don't even know, you got Hoist Gracie. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> not really a lot of options yet, but, you know, maybe in a couple of years. Ken Shamrock, the movie. <laughs> I'll have to ask Ken that the next time I see him. Hey, brother. <laughs> Maybe next time I go up to Reno and roll with him. Hey, dude, we got to make a movie. <laughs> Angry Marks will produce it. There you go. Hey, well, shit, we'll do that. Hey, I don't know if we can pay him, but we'll film it. Yeah, hey, Stevie you know can what? film it. Lady J can film it. I can film it. You know, we we need to do we need to do and you know fuck the figure four uh, convention. We need to do the Angry Marks convention in Reno, not Vegas, in Reno. And then you know Reno is just so chill. I love Reno compared to Vegas. Vegas is just too fucking loud. I mean, I go to play cards. I go to relax. You know what I mean? So you know we could do a convention in Reno, and you know you and me, Kev, or uh, you and me, Rob, we we can roll at the uh, Shamrock Dojo up there. And <laughs> one phone call away. There you go. Hey, that'd be a good time. Well, yeah, you can pull my, you can roll my fat ass across the ring. <laughs> I wouldn't call it fighting, but yeah, you could probably roll it. Hey, I'm I'm a well-rounded person, and you know I'm in shape. Round is a shape. If I go to Reno, I'm probably gonna pay money to roll with somebody else. No offense, though. 
Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Chris of San Antonio. Damn, Katra would rather pay pay to work against somebody else than work against you for free. Actually, I think there's more chance of me seeing Katrera in Dallas than Katrera coming out here. But that's you know, neither here nor there. I've already promised to go to the Vegas convention next year. So Yeah. I said that last year, but you know, health issues and whatever else got in the way, so kind I'm of trying to get Lance to go out there next year too. We could always do we could always do it at one of the Indian casinos near C V J. Samstown maybe or something. Need a reason to go out there though. Do they do they do uh, outlaw MMA shows? Um, hell, I don't know. And, and I say outlaw, but it's a casino; they'll do anything. If they're on Indian reservations, then they don't have to be sanctioned. So you know, those, this is true. those actual, you know, like a, you know, an outlaw promotion back in the day. You know, when someone ran across the across the Mississippi River from from Memphis, you know, it was an outlaw territory. The same fucking thing. You like when Stu Hart got uh, thrown off the TV in Calgary and they went to the Indian reservations and whatever, yep. and they couldn't run the shows? There it is. There it is. Uh, so uh, when are we going to get the shoot interview with Stu Hart? When you get a shovel. Uh, <laughs> I'd do it. And bury him in the oh. pet cemetery? Actually, you know... I was really thinking of going through all of the shoot interviews that I've seen and, and I have and coming up with my own questions and splicing in answers from different guys. <laughs> like, uh, who was that? That Teddy Long kid from Germany a month ago <laughs> when I had Meltzer on, and he cut me out and added farm animals asking Meltzer the question. That, I, that was brilliant, and I was the first one to put him the fuck over for it. That was brilliant. I'd love to see a shoot interview done like that. Well, you need to just start doing that on your own and then just, like, posing it on the board. KZ interviews Lex Luger and just have you <laughs> see if anybody notices anything. <laughs> oh, Rover to, lo- Rover to love it. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, we're, uh, we're coming up on the hour break. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure when Matt's going to call in, so... um. Well, I haven't seen anything uh, recently cool in Japan. Pardon me? I'm sorry. But part of, part of me, what would you say? Anything cool in Japan. Oh, anything cool in Japan. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I set my trip to go. I'm gonna get, I'm heading up for uh, two weeks this time and get, hoping to see 20 shows. <laughs> uh but yeah, J- Japan-wise, I haven't seen too much lately. I watched a little bit of uh, Joshi, of course, because what else would I watch? And uh, I saw some Passion Red. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, that's about all I've seen lately. I saw a little bit of DDT highlights, and uh, um, yeah, that's about it. I-, I haven't seen too much, unfortunately. I've, I've actually been watching uh, WCW, of all things. Like oh, I, uh... God. Glutton for punishment. <laughs> I in my DVD. Okay, you know we're gonna we're gonna play a game. We're gonna. <clears throat> what's in your DVD player right now? As far as wrestling is, um, I'll start. Uh, it's a DVD, the Road to Greensboro and the Final Conflict, uh, Kernoodle and Slaughter against uh, Jay Youngblood and Steamboat. Uh, Katrera, what's in your DVD player? Um, I got a Best of WCW '91 and 
It's on the first Super Brawl. Hmm. Good stuff. Yes. And Kevin? Well, I put in disc number one of the best of SoCal Crazy. You didn't skip to number two, huh? No, not yet. I decided I was going to start out with the first, and so far I like what I'm seeing. Mm, good, good. And Joshi Rob. I uh, I actually have a WCW Wrestle War '91 with the preview version. With uh, it's got a, the Joshi tag on it, and also has uh, the Young Pistols versus the Royal Family. Hmm. Cool. Continue to the discussion, guys. Wow, what was that gay-ass ringtone? <laughs> that was the one where Pillman only got killed, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it was famous for two things. Uh, Pillman getting killed and uh, uh, Psycho Sid calling, like, the most obvious spots ever during the match. Like, the camera... <laughs> Tim Hendrick Steiner in the corner. <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised none of you sick bastards said One Night in China. Or Another Night in China. I haven't gotten well, that one. Because we're not sick. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, I got a we'll Skype call We'll sit down and line. watch that one of these days. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Skype caller. Is this Matt Bishop? It would be. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh, Katrera, plug something. Um, well, she's not here. I can't plug her. Um, but anyway. Oh, your, your favorite sheep? No, not my favorite sheep. I go to F4WOnline.com, sign up for the board. Got uh, the Observer Live archive. We got like 200 shows in there. And if you're a Torch listener, go to the Torch and download the Daily Blitz with me and Derek Bergen reviewing Pure Dynamite. Tremendous. This is a damn good book, and and I would definitely uh, check that out. Um, a good bitter old man story. But hey, Chris, thanks for calling in. It's always uh, always fun to talk to the the audio guru of F4W. Hey, Kyle. All right, brother. <clears throat> now, Rob, I'm going to give you the option. Would you like to stay on the line, or would you yeah, like definitely. to call it an early evening? No, definitely. I'm in. Awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to keep Kev on, too, since we're going to talk that MMA stuff. But, uh, Mr. Bishop, were you impressed, were you impressed with this past weekend's MMA action? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I have not been able to see uh, WEC yet because I had some uh, flight issues coming back from St. Louis because uh, I was at Strike Force. Actually, what happened is that uh, we, I was in St. Louis and going to, going to Chicago and then back to Detroit, and from the flight from St. Louis to Chicago, uh, the pilot gets on the intercom, you know, 15 minutes in, says the landing gear won't go up, so we have to turn back to Chicago. So I, I missed... Uh, my connecting flight to Detroit, I mean, I would have missed WEC regardless, but this just made it worse. Missed my connecting flight to Detroit, end up having to stay the night at the uh, the Radisson uh, Chicago O'Hare Air Hotel, courtesy of uh, United Airlines. So just a real, uh, real barn burner of a night right there. Well, at least you weren't flying Air France. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> what, too early? A little bit. A little bit. Jeez, Kevin. (laughs) Well, tell me, were you heartbroken, uh, Matt, when you saw the career of Andre Orlovsky just flash in front of his eyes? 
Well, you know, I had leaned over and I, I had Twittered and I leaned over and told Kevin Ioli that I said, you know, I, I got a good feeling. I, I got a feeling about Rogers in this one. And, uh, you know, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm looking like a genius. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But that was just, I mean, I was just laughing. It's like, wow. And then when they showed the replays, it's just even more just laughing. Just hilarious. Man, yeah, just uh, that main event was fun, though. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, Jake Shields is is something else. I mean, you know, I, I don't think he should be fighting up that high. I don't think, or mm-hmm. uh, or maybe if he is going to stay at one, you know, in the 180, 185 range, he needs to, pick, you know, have his opponents picked a little more closely because I think, guys be able to overpower him, and if they have equal grappling skill, it could be uh, difficult for him. But, I mean, at 170, you know, get this guy in the UFC already. There's, there's absolutely nothing for him in strike force, and it's a shame that, you know, he's probably the number one guy outside of Fedor, in my opinion, that I can think of off the top of my head, that should be in the UFC and would be, would be best off in the UFC right now. I mean, you could say, you know, another guy would be like, you know, Gagard Musasi. But, you know, there's still fights for him out there, fighting in Japan, fighting Affliction. But Jake Shields, if, if you're a welterweight, you need to be in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, thing, the thing with Jake is that he was peppering Lawler, and, you know, there was nothing, nothing behind him. He, you know, he can't fight at 180-plus. He doesn't have a 180-plus body, and his punches are not 180-plus. You know, yeah, they were exactly. basically bouncing off him, off of Lawler. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we saw, saw that, and it was, I mean, he ended up pulling it out, which, I mean, you can never uh, you can never doubt him, but I think it's just, you know, it's pretty clear that he needs to be at 170. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Nick Diaz. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's – I sat there, and I was just like, he is whooping this boy's ass. And, I mean, you even have, you know, it's Scott Smith, and you're thinking, you know, hey, he could pull, you know, something out, and who knows. But, I mean, Nick put him away. I I, I scored the second round 10-8 for Diaz, and I didn't think Smith was going to get up off the mat. I thought the fight was going to be over at the end of the second round. But he got up, and then, I mean, he was just – he was spent – and I really think for Smith, you know, fighting two months, less than two months after that last fight, uh, just a bad idea. And I, I, he can't keep doing that because it's going to be detrimental to his career. But, I mean, Nick Diaz, holy crap, throws 397 punches, lands 202 of them, I believe it was, 52%. Who throws 397 punches and connects on 52% of them in a 12-minute fight. That is just is that a record? crazy. Uh, For that MMA, record? probably. I, I've never heard anything like that in MMA before. And and the thing is, 52%. It's not like he was just swinging for the fences. I mean, he was hitting them. And, I mean, once he started digging away to the body, I mean, Smith has, that was proven, it. To be, yeah, Smith has proven to be vulnerable to the body on several occasions. And we saw it again here. And that's really what... Uh, was his downfall. Yeah, that was it. That was the beginning of the end. Um, 
it was you know it was a a fun show um top to bottom from what we saw on TV. Uh how was the undercard? Was there anything uh, that just stood out to you? Well, I mean Mike Kyle putting putting the womp on Fejao. Uh that was interesting. <laughs> Fejao just did not look all that great. And uh you know Mike Kyle I thought in the first round it was close first round. Kyle probably landed his best shot after the bell. Um, it was it was accidental. No, it was it was not your typical, uh, you know, what you'd expect out of Mike Mike Kyle. But second round, I mean, he put him down. Kind of a kind of staggered phase. I'll think about the best way I could compare it to uh, to give you an image is uh, Tim Sylvia versus Rico Rodriguez, and how Rico kind of went stumbling back, you know, on his ass. It was kind of the same thing in this fight, and then Kyle just came in with two or three absolutely vicious punches that put Feijao out pretty bad. And uh, I thought the, the referee was over, you know, with a thumb up his bum, and I thought he could have gotten in there a little sooner. But Was it Mazagati? No, no. It was, uh, it was a local referee. There was oh. only two refs. It was only Big, Big John did all the, all the main card, and uh, this Missouri guy did all the prelims. And but outside of that, nothing really on the undercard was. Uh, it was mostly local guys, and that you know we'll have with some with sub 500 records. So it wasn't exactly a a prospect building night. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that uh, we we've got uh, three different people with outlooks on on uh, mixed martial arts, we're gonna we're gonna run down the event uh, the card for UFC 99 uh, coming from Cologne, Germany. Uh, Saturday. I don't even know what time, but I'm gonna watch stream. So uh, three, but, uh, three, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, and then live at 3 p.m. Eastern, and they'll do a uh, 10 p.m. Eastern like they usually do. Oh, awesome, cool. So I'll be watching the stream at, stream at noon. So cool. Um, I'm gonna skip the first two fights because I have no idea who either one of the, either, any of these four goofs are. So we'll get to uh, Paul Kelly taking on Roly Delgado. Um, Kilikev, give me your thoughts on this one. Um, I don't know who either of those guys are. Either, so. Ah, that's it. You're gone. Plug the Angry Mark site. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, t- well, tomorrow night we're going to have some more MMA discussion on the Angry Marks podcast. Stevie J is going to be heading up a special co- podcast for that, for uh, with his own views for UFC 99 as well. So. There'll be a lot of discussion there. Um, you can catch me now every Tuesday night along with Nikolai for Ring the Bell. That's the new kickoff show for the week on the Angry Marks Podcast Network. It's all open lines. Everybody can call in, discuss whatever they want. We don't hold back, no bullshit, nothing uncensored. So tune in at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time right after ECW and catch us on Ring the Bell. Awesome. Now, now before you go, Kevin... I want a simple answer. Who you think is going to win and how? Franklin, Sylvia. Sylvia will kick the shit out of Franklin. Thank you. That's it. He, you know, Franklin has no chance against anybody named Silva. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like Rich Franklin, but I, I don't give him much of a chance here. Good call. But you know, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for calling in, brother. It was it's always a pleasure to have you on, Kev. Um, All I right. will pop, thanks for probably be talking to you guys tomorrow. All right. See you then. All right, Kev.
Okay, never mind Stevie J. Kilikev is the brains and the brawn behind the AngryMarks.com website. So, <clears throat> now that it's a threesome instead of a foursome, let's, uh, let's oh yeah, baby, let's get going here. Uh, we have, uh, geez, God, a bunch of nobodies here. I mean, we got Paul Kelly and, and uh, Rolly Delgado, you know, jobber match. Paul Taylor, you know, it's just these same European goofs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through here. You know, it's all these European jerks. Um, Terry Edom and Justin Buckles should be fun. Uh, we'll start there. Uh, Matt, what are your feelings on this fight? You know, obviously, uh, if you're Terry, you want to keep this uh, standing because we've seen Buckholz take guys down, submit them before. And uh, Edom had a very impressive performance. Uh, God, who was that against? It was uh, the PFC guy, Brian Cobb, that's right. Uh, so he's kind of had up and down luck in the UFC. I'm actually surprised that, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who's three and two in the octagon now coming off that impressive performance. Uh, Buck Holtz has not fought, you know, in almost a year. So, I mean, that's a long, long time as we've seen with some of these guys, uh, recently who have not fought in long periods of time. You look at like Robbie Lawler, Jay-Z Calvicante, they've had trouble getting back in, into the, uh, Kevin Randall and even Mark Coleman. All these guys having trouble getting back in the swing of things. I think, you know, he's not going to be quick enough, and I think uh, Edom is probably going to come away uh, with a TKO stoppage in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to bring the fist and fury. Um, <clears throat> well, we'll uh, get to the next one here, and then, then we'll get your feelings on this one, Rob. Uh, Mustafa Al-Turk taking on the returning uh, Mirko Krokop. Um, do you think that Krokop is going to be the Krokop of old. What, what, what do you think there, Rob? Uh, I, I think he's pretty much done. Uh, you know, whatever, when Pride when Pride died, whatever he had in him died. Uh, you know, I mean, it could be some substances. I, I don't really know, but he, he's not the same Krokop anymore, and I don't think that Krokop's ever coming back. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's great for our German fans because he is a good fan base over there, so I can't really blame him for uh, booking him. Mm-hmm. Well, personally, I think that that Gonzaga ripped his heart and soul out with that high kick. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean. I, I really think that did it. It beat him. Mentally beat him. Um, he's broken. He's a broken fighter. No! And... No! No! We will hold out hope. All of us who watch our Pride DVDs on a weekly basis <laughs> will forever hold out hope. And this is it. This is it. This is the weekend, the return of Mirko Krokop. He's going to bring the pain to Mustafa Al-Turk. Bringing it. Oh, my God. He's going to do it large. Do Time it large. to mute He's you, back. Matt. He's back. Come on. <laughs> no, you're muted. <clears throat> Now, I, I just have one thing to say to that little rant that you uh, said, Matt. Fail. <clears throat> now, before uh, – are you back on the line, Matt? Well, I'm here. Okay. I had to uh, mute you there. I, I had to mute you. So, Crow uh, Cup, first-round knockout. I mean, he's he's being fed a tomato can. Well, 
Gold again fight back? That's the question. <laughs> nah. This no, one uh, could actually... Uh, let's see. We have uh, Spencer Fisher taking on uh, Kao Uno, which I think will be the one fight that will elevate Fisher into the higher echelon uh, past the fight night. Guys, I'll be right back. Sure. Who said that? Not me. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that this fight will um, move Spencer up. I think it should be an easy, easy fight for Spencer. Uh, what do you think, Matthew? Oh, man, I don't know. It's, it's like, again, you know, these, these Japan guys, they're mistaking, you know, Big Daddy Caro Uno coming back to the UFC. I mean, it's the nostalgia <laughs> factor. Has not been in the UFC since 2003. 2003. I, I was 17 the last time this guy was in the UFC. I mean, that's a long time ago. So Spencer Fisher, though, has, uh, you know, in his last two fights, he has not exactly been impressive. I mean, or last three, you could say. I mean, losing to Frankie Egbert in his last two wins, I mean, he couldn't finish Jeremy Stevens. And he had a very hard time with Shannon. Excuse me. He was had a very uh, you know difficult time with Shannon Googerty at UFC 90. I was there for that one as well. And you know I, I don't know. I mean if Uno comes with it, and if Uno's not shot, then I don't know. Maybe he can do some things. But mm. until then, I mean you have to think. But I mean Uno's the same guy who you know took Jay Z to a decision. You know, just, well, I guess that was almost, you know, that was two and a half years ago at this point. You know, he just, he beat Mitsuhiro Ishida last year. So I think, you know, Uno can do it, and I think this is a big fight for him. This, he's got to prove that he's still worth something here in the world of MMA. So I, there's a lot right on the line for him. But, I mean, is, is Fisher going to be too powerful? That I think that's where you're going to see this fight play out because... So you think it'll be the wrestling I, I do. I think Fisher. Mm-hmm. I do too. You know, he he's really gonna have to. I I, mean, I don't know. I I think that power is where it's gonna come here. Uno is gonna have to pull out something from the bottom, though. I think because he's gonna be there a lot. Yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting fight either way. Um, I I think it is gonna come down to the wrestling, but that's just me. Um. Next up, we have uh, which the fight that could possibly steal the show, uh, Marcus Davis against Dan Hardy. Um, this one, they're just going to stand and bang. Uh, there's, <laughs> it's not going to be technical. It's going to be two guys swinging for the fences. Um, I hope that Marcus hits uh, Dan Hardy so hard that little gay mohawk of his flies off. <laughs> well, we'll see about that one. But this is, like you said, this is guaranteed uh, to be a big-time war. We've seen... You know, the the talk going back and forth between these two. And I really think, you know, Dan Hardy is... This is an interesting matchup because even though Marcus Davis is a little older, he's still kind of in that stage in his UFC career where he really hasn't proven himself. Uh, And Dan Hardy only has two fights in the UFC, but he's proven himself elsewhere. So I think this is an interesting fight. You know, I think from a perspective of who the UFC wants to win, I think that would be Hardy because he's the younger guy and he's a guy who can now build himself with a win here. One more fight, if he gets a big win, he could be fighting for the title. I think you're going to have a lot harder time selling Marcus Davis fighting for the title because he really has not beaten anybody good, and I don't see him you know, getting past a Josh Koscheck. So as, you know, as an example of someone he might fight if, he, if Davis wins this fight, 
you know, Koscheck was to take him down and, you know, maul him on the ground. So I think Dan Hardy, in terms of the UFC here, is the best, you know, choice to win. I mean, it's going to be close, though. I mean, I, I'm th- I, I like Hardy in this one, but, uh, you know, I think it's going to come down to, uh, you know, Hardy working a little bit of ground and pound, and I think he, I think he will go for a takedown, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, balls to the wall. <laughs> That's all I've got to say is balls to the wall, and, you know, both guys are there to entertain. They know what they're there for. So it's just going to be nuts. Um, the next one, we have uh, Mike Swick taking on Ben Saunders. Um, it, 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 I feel that Swick is going to dictate how this fight goes. Um, because I don't see Saunders being well-rounded enough to control the tempo of this fight. Now, Swick, on the other hand, is, you know, he is uh, just an amazing all-around fighter. And he, he will be able to dictate whichever way they want to go. Uh, are you back, uh, Rob? Yes, I'm back. Okie dokie. Uh, well, what are your feelings on uh, Mr. Saunders and Swick? Do you think uh, Mike's going to come back and kick some ass? I think he is. It's going to be a good fight, but uh, I think Mike's going to take this one. Definitely looks like it to me. Could be wrong, but yeah. Looks like Swick to me, no problem. He can do it. But, uh, you know, he's got a good opponent, so just have to wait and see. Who's got the conversation going on back there? Yeah, we're missing something going on there. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Always something with him. (laughs) You know what? In terms of this fight, I think, you know, Saunders is a little overrated based on one big performance. Um, he looked good against Ryan Thomas at UFC 87. Uh, I'll give him that, but, you know, you, you just come on with one, you know, onslaught of 50 knees and, you know, people are anointing you. And I don't think that is the case here. Mike Swick, we've seen steady improvement out of him since he dropped the 170 and had that horrible fight with Berkman, stepped it up against Davis, knocked out Jonathan Goulet, which, you know, is not the toughest thing to do, but he still <laughs> did it. And now – this is going to be another test because Saunders is a guy, younger guy, but hasn't really fought the level of, you know, level of competition that Swick has. Yeah, Swick got absolutely owned by Yushin Okami, but he was at least in there with Yushin Okami. Right. Uh, Saunders can't make the same claim, and I think that's what it's going to come down to is the experience, the octagon time. Swick has been there now, let's see, three, six. This will be his tenth fight in the UFC, and this will be Saunders' fourth. And I think it's going to be the experience and and the speed, and I think Swick takes this one by decision. Really, you think he's going to grind it out? I don't think so. I think he's. I, going I don't to... think I, I'm not not grind it out, but I think you know it's gonna it's gonna be a pretty dominant thirty twenty seven. Mm. I I think Swick may catch him. He may catch him with a submission, because um, uh, Saunders likes to bring you know bring bring the fists and fury, so I think he's going to be overly aggressive. And uh, he's going to make a mistake, and Swick will catch him. That's will 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 it be a Swickatine or a Swickaconda? <laughs> Never mind. Just suck my Swick. But <laughs> let's uh, let's go to uh, the semifinal. Um, the moronic move of the century: Chick Congo taking this fight with Cain Velasquez, 
this was a very dumb idea on Mr. Congo's part. I know Czech wants to get into the title picture, but not against the prospect, Cain Velasquez. Not a good move. Um, because if he loses, he is in trouble. Because Cain is the future of the division. Um, and Congo, you know, he's, he's putting his chips down. You know, he's going all in, and this is it. Now, if Czech beats this guy, he should be the next in line. Uh, fuck mm-hmm. Couture. Fuck Big Nog. Those guys are gone. They don't deserve title fights. See ya. Get out of here. Bye. Get the fuck out. Retire. Do whatever. You know, go back to Japan. Big Nog and take your dope. <laughs> Randy, go film a movie. Um, Man, hey, 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 a second. You just managed to completely crap on two of my three favorite fighters right there in 30 in seconds. In 2009. Thanks. In 2009. Thanks. I'm talking right now, 2009, right for, now. For check, and check, Check F. Congo. Yeah. Hey. Go ahead. It's a young, <laughs> hey, it's a young man's game. It is a young man's game. Right. Sorry, right, go ahead. that's the way it is. Go ahead. You know, I mean, <laughs> Big Nog is done. He is done. You know, and Randy I, shouldn't I, I, be I fighting anymore. I blame staff. <laughs> blame staff. I blame staff. Well... Um, it's simple. Cain Velasquez is going to eat Czech Congo for lunch in the first round. I don't give a fuck how it ends, but my boy Cain is going to take him out. Uh, well, what do you think, Matthew? Well, you know what? I, 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 I will admit I am the world's number one Czech Congo hater. I, this guy does nothing for me. And, you know, he, I will admit his win against Al-Turk, awesome. Just absolutely vicious and awesome. Uh, you know, that you defeated Anthony Hardock and Dan Evanson, not doing much for me. you got to remember, this is the same guy who lost to Carmelo Marrero. Carmelo Marrero! Uh, if he beats Carmelo Marrero, he probably gets a title shot. And he can't even do that. So what chance in hell does he have of beating Cain Velasquez? None. Zero. He will get taken down, and he will get pounded into a freaking oblivion, and I will laugh the entire time, and I will be so gleeful it's not even funny. Down goes Congo. Can't wait. Yeah, he's going down. There's, <laughs> I, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, it's a stupid fight for him, I guess. But, you know, I, mean, I don't think he was ever going to win the title anyway. So, You know, I, you know I, Congo... him. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean... It, you know, they can <laughs> eventually someone will have to fight Kane. There you go. Watch out for the choke slam finish in the second round. Um, I, I was uh, hang on, hang on a second. I, I, I was always hoping, you know, be, when before Couture came back that uh Lesnar's next fight would would be against Congo, so Lesnar would just absolutely destroy him. This is the next best best thing. Thank you, Keith Herring, for getting injured because you are lame anyway. So for and thank you, Chech, for taking this fight. I appreciate it. Good luck. Get your insurance provider on the phone. You know, Chech, Chech I think, would be great fighting for K1. Not Dream, but K1. Oh, definitely. Great, great striker. Great, He's great, great, great striker. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to see Overeem and, uh, and Pongo in a K1 rules match. Get two big, juiced-up motherfuckers. I'll you know, that Pongo. are just going to shit at you. You know? But, um... You're taking Congo, Rob? No. <laughs> I, I, no, no, that was me. I said I would take Congo against Overeem in a K-1 fight. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess it's the everybody's opinion that uh, Mr. Chech Congo is going to get his ass handed to him. Can't wait. Oh, well, I can't wait. Count either. down the seconds. Counting down the seconds. Ah. And the main event. Oof. The death. The depth of the career of Rich Ace Franklin. Uh, this is going to be the nail in the coffin for Mr. Franklin's career. Um, he's done. Um, he is mentally defeated. Uh, Anderson took care of that. Um, and I, I don't believe that Anderson was that one guy that he just can't get around. That's bullshit. He got... He's a beaten man. Go back to teaching math in high school, motherfucker. You're gone. The axe murderer is going to bury your ass. Uh, good old-fashioned pride, knock the fuck out, first-round head kick. Well, in, in the in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Uh, I, I had mentioned that you had successfully crapped on two of my three favorite fighters earlier. The third one is Vanderlei Silva. So I just want to denote my level in, of involvement here when I say that I think Rich Franklin is a very tough matchup for him at this point. Uh, I think Vanderlei is going to be given up size and he's going to be given up reach. And in his fights in the past where he has been giving up reach, I mean, you look at the Chuck Liddell fight especially, that was a tough fight for him. And I think Franklin is a guy that can give him a little, lot of problems by being smart because Franklin is a smart fighter, if anything. And Vanderlei is going to go in there with his usual wild, wild and swinging style. And, I mean, where's Vanderlei's chin at at this point? We, we don't know. And, you know, we saw him get knocked out by Rampage, and, I mean, admittedly that shot would probably knock out a lot of people. That was almost as clean as it gets. But you have to go back. I mean, if, if Franklin got destroyed by, you know, Anderson Silva mentally, then, I mean, where does Vanderlei Silva stand after, you know, getting, you know, KO'd bad by Crow Cop, Henderson, and Rampage? What do you think there, Rob? Uh, it's a tough one. You know, it's two guys who aren't as good as they used to be anymore and have uh, had some tough losses. But uh, uh, it's really hard not to go with Silva. I mean, you know, it's it's really hard not to go with them. So I, I really have to take Silva for this. Uh, it should, it should now, be a win for him. Now, I'll, yeah, tell I, you, I, I'll tell you this. I personally don't like Franklin. Um I don't know what it is. I just don't like his style. And to be honest, I think that Vanderlei is gonna gonna go to the jujitsu route, and he's gonna tap it with like a leg lock or something. I have the feeling it's gonna be some funky ass finish like that, one way or the other, like a you know like a quick quick heel hook somewhere for either Franklin or, or Silva, because I think that they're, they're, maybe their hands will counter counter counteract each other. So then they're gonna have to grapple and go that way. Um, what do you think, Matt? Do you, do you think it may end up in a grappling match? I don't think so. I think this one's going to stay on the ground. If anybody's going to, you know, I mean, Rich Franklin's not a guy to take it to the ground. Neither is Vanderlei. I think, you know, both of these guys have at this point, you know, I don't want to say questionable chins, but, you know, maybe a little higher than questionable. You know, they're not exactly our Lofsky level uh, by any means, but both have showed uh, that they can get touched. And, I mean, it might come to whoever lands first or whoever lands last. I just... I'm having a real hard time getting a read on this, but I don't agree with the fact, uh, Rob, I think it was you, you know, that you know, Rich Franklin is on a little bit of a decline. I think you look at who he's lost to. This is a dude with four losses in his, losses in his career to 
Lyoto Machida, Anderson Silva, and Dan Henderson, it's not exactly, you know, he's won every fight he's supposed he's have supposed to won. Uh, and I just completely butchered that sentence. But regardless of that, you know, this is probably the most even fight he's been in in his career where you really can't, I mean, the Dan Henderson fight was probably the same way, but, you know, you've always been able to pick a winner in Rich Franklin fights, and I just don't see that here. So I'm having a real hard time picking this one, but if, uh, you know, forced to make a pick, I, I would probably have to go with Rich Franklin. God, I don't know if he finishes them, but at, at the very least, Dan, or Dan Henderson, Rich Franklin wins a decision at the very least. Now answer this for me, Matt. What do you think will happen to Rich if he gets caught in a plum from Silver? <laughs> do you think it's going to be a flashback? How, how can it not be? I mean, you have to be pretty strong mentally, but, I mean, Silva hasn't caught anybody in a plum in the UFC that I can remember. And, you know, in this, in this new, ten, you know, new tenure, I don't think he's gotten anybody in that. So... You know, the cage is a, is a different game with with, uh, with that to a certain extent, in my mind, because, I mean, he hasn't used it yet. So I don't know if he's kind of backing away, but if he does get Rich in there, that's got to be freaky for Rich, and that's good for Vanderlei. But I, I think Vanderlei, you know, he might be forced to stay to the outside. Now, who do you think is going to go for the first takedown? Do you think Rich is going to try to steal one? Yeah, I think I think so because I think this is going to end up playing out a lot like the Vanderlei Chuck Liddell fight, uh, a lot like it, and I think Vanderlei's just gonna they're going to trade. It's going to be good exchanges, but Vanderlei's just going to be just a smidgen too far outside of range, and Franklin is going to. I think it's going to play out almost exactly like that fight. All right, call your finish. Matt, call your finish. Uh, Franklin, decision. Really? Hmm. You don't think he's going to be able to put him away? Well, I hope not. I mean, I I love Vanderlei Silva, and I would hate to see him uh, put away again because, you know, that might spell the end. So, well, I think, you know, I, I think it would be – I have to pick Franklin to win, but my heart hopes uh, Vanderlei doesn't get knocked out again. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, if if Vanderlei gets knocked out, I think that's it. Um, it's got to be. And I don't think it'll be UFC's call. I don't think he'll get sanctioned anywhere. Um, that you know, that's just my honest opinion. And <clears throat> I think that that Vander, Vanderlei has lost a step, at least. But also, the, the drug testing environment as well. I think you know has gone against him. Um, I'm not accusing the guy of anything. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think that, that that's a, that's a factor. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to accuse anybody of doing anything except for uh, uh, what's that dude? Oh, Shirk. But other than that, um, <clears throat> I think that in this this environment, also the rules too. I, I don't think Vanderlei has been able to adjust to the unified rules. Um, if this weren't a pride ring, it'd be a hell of a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, it'll, it'll suck too if his, uh, you know, run to one eighty five gets, you know, crushed before it even begins. Because I, I would like to see what he he would be able to do at one eighty five. 
Yeah, I, I know. I, I'd love to see Silva and Silva, um, even though it's, it's most likely not going to happen. Um, not just because they're friends, but also you know just because it'll take so much for Vanderlei to to get there. And I honestly don't think he has that you know in his gas tank. Um, Bad fight for Vanderlei. Yeah, it's there's and there's really not much of an upside for Vanderlei from now, even if he beats Franklin. Where's he going to go? Have a fight, Kendall Grove. God, Kendall Grove. <laughs> you had to say Kendall Grove, didn't you? What? How'd I hate that guy? I don't know. That's why I want to see Vanderlei knock him out. I'm just thinking of the, the guy with the weakest chin at 185. Have Vanderlei fight him. Make for an exciting fight. There you go. Um, we we can't uh, we can't really uh, preview the Ultimate Fighter finale on the 20th, but uh, we have the the three matches uh, announced so far. Uh, Nathan Diaz taking on Joe Stevenson. Um, we're going to run this down because I'm not going to have you on the show next week, uh, Matt. Aww. So uh, we're we're going to run down this uh, just the three the three top fights of the show, yep. uh, not counting the uh, Ultimate Fighter guys. Um, Who cares? Nate Diaz taking on <laughs> yeah exactly Joe Steven. It's the Demarcus show, but anyway, um, Joe Stevenson taking on Nate Diaz. Um, I'm going to stick with uh, Nate just because he's a cool little dude and I've known him since he was a baby. So. Uh, what do you think of this one, Matt? This is a this is a must-win fight for Joe Stevenson. So, I actually, I mean, probably for Diaz too. I mean, he'll get another chance, but losing two in a row is detrimental. I think you know, desperation's got to set in for Stevenson. He's got to do something here, and I don't know. I think Stevenson's the kind of guy that can grind out a decision, uh, just like Clay Guida did against Diaz. And I, so I'm going to go with Stevenson by decision in this one. Um, I, I have to disagree. Um, Stevenson's going to go for one of his wacky guillotines, and Nate will catch him. Um, Joe's just going to stick an arm, a body part out, and Nate will will jump on it, you know, like a, a dog smelling blood. So Nate's just too damn talented on the ground, uh, and Joe tends to make mistakes. Uh, he's not a smart fighter. He does not fight smart. He, you know, he he's always thinking of that guillotine. And you know, you 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 want to, you know, be a be a one uh, one aspect fighter, dude. You're gonna get caught. Uh, what do you think, Rob? Oh, uh, I kind of like Nate for that one. You know, I, I definitely have to say I like him for that one. Sounds like a win for him. And next up in a useless fight, Chris Lytle against Kevin Burns. Um, whatever, dude. <laughs> This is a good old whatever fight for me. Uh, any thoughts there, Matt? Uh, you know, Chris Lytle needs a win. Again, he's another guy. He's, uh, I believe, he, what is he, dropped two in a row now? Yes. I think he's on his way out. This is it. Or wait, he's dropped. He's he's, he's only lost his last fight uh, against Marcus Davis. But, you know, he's a guy who always puts on exciting performances. But I think at this point, that's getting a little played out. Uh, and I think... Uh, I think Lytle will probably win a decision, and it'll be moderately exciting. Okay, let's see. And the main event, my boy Clay Guida will take out Diego Sanchez um, just because I don't think Diego can keep up with him. Uh, I, I'm just hoping that, that Clay, Clay finishes. Clay needs a, needs a finish. 
you know, and, and I just hope that he does. Um, but I'll take a decision, and any anybody over Diego Sanchez works for me. Uh, well, what do you think of this one, Rob? Uh, I, I actually kind of like uh, Diego in this one. I, I've always thought he was really good, and, you know, I, I think he could do it. You know, it's possible. Uh, you know, not going to be easy, of course, but I, I think he could pull it off. Matt? I think Diego's got – it's just a little more well-rounded than Clay is, and I think that's going to make the difference in this one. I mean, Clay, obviously, as you said, I mean, he really grinded out his last two wins against Danzig and Diaz, and Diego has shown us, you know, a few new wrinkles. I mean, that TKO of Luigi Fioravanti was great. You know, got down on David Bilkadin and pounded him out, made him tap out the punches, and then put in a very good workmanlike performance against Joe Stevenson, you know, and his first fight at 155. I want to see, you know, Sanchez, you know, has done the weight cut. He's been the 155 already. I think he's going to be even better this time out. And I think he either, uh, you know, catches Clay in a submission or wins a decision. Hmm. Well, looks to be interesting TV. That's, you know, that's pretty much mm-hmm. all I can say there. Um, it's going to be fun. But, uh, well, we're going to wrap up, guys. So uh, plug your show, Matt. Okay, we have uh, Lights Out Radio, of course, presented by MMAForReal.com. We'll be live tomorrow night, which is Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll have a full rundown of UFC 99 and the latest in MMA. If you go back to our archive, uh, we had Jake Shields on the show live from uh, St. Louis after the show, or after, after the Strikeforce show on Saturday. Uh, had him on for about you know, five minutes. Uh, good interview with Jake, uh, so check that out. Uh, probably our biggest score yet, and uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll be live after at a uh, let's see, one fifteen a.m. Eastern on Saturday night, following uh, the final showing of UFC ninety nine to uh, talk about the show. So check it out, lightsoutradio.com, and uh, it'll be a good one. Oh, and uh, also, are you uh, are you planning to uh, watch the uh, Miguel Cotto fight this weekend? No, I don't follow boxing. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'd like to see it. I'm really not uh, too big into either guy, but uh, you know, it's it's a big fight, and uh, it should be interesting to see what happens. I was just listening a little bit earlier, and I heard you uh, trashing boxing, so I I don't really follow boxing that much either. But I just wanted to uh, throw a little jab, <laughs> right to the eye. Oh. Thanks, brother. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Bishop, thanks for calling in, brother. It's always a pleasure to, to get your uh, your input and your feedback, and, and it's always fun to talk MMA with you. We'll uh, have you on next month to uh, preview 100. Ooh, baby. I can't wait. So I will, uh, I'll talk to you then. It should be a good one. Awesome. Thanks for calling in, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Good night, Rob. Good night, man. All right, that was our in-house MMA analyst, Mr. Matt Bishop of LightsOutRadio.com. Um we broke down some fights. We, you know, talked a bunch of shit. So it's just another mellow kickback show. Um, damn. Whew. Where do we go from here, Rob? <laughs> well, you know, I think we go to the end. You know, and <laughs> I think we hang it up for tonight. What that's the that, <laughs> that's a wrap. All right, Rob. I will uh, be talking to you next week. Thanks for coming on. It's always always cool to have a uh, an alternate voice. 
to uh, keep keep me level-headed. Since I'm the hothead and, and you're the mellow dude, so That's you know true. we need the good cop bad cop thing going on. So, but uh, thanks for calling in again and uh, covering my back. I really appreciate it. Yep. All right. I catch everybody next week. Have a good one. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah, that was Joshi Rob, the man who has absolutely nothing to plug, so I didn't even ask this week. But uh, wow, another uh, fun show. Let's plug the sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, uh, Lucha Libre Masks, T-shirts, DVDs, a bunch of different other swag. Uh, tell Jeff that Zombie from Rubber Guard Radio sent you. Also, uh, our other sponsor, SlamBamJam.com. Alfredo down there in Southern California has got the Lucha goodness and the Japanese pro wrestling goodness, both classic and current. Uh, he has some obscure indie uh, Japanese stuff and some obscure indie Lucha stuff that's really good. Uh, you can actually type in in the search engine there uh, the name of a worker, and most likely they would come up, either footage from Mexico or Japan. So, yeah, that would be slambamjam.com. Got to throw pops out to the mothership, angrymarks.com, for hosting us. Much love to you guys. Um, thanks for the guys that called in earlier. Uh, Katrere, it's always cool to hear your voice, Chris, and Kilikev carrying me again. Um, what more can I say? Uh, also check out lightsoutradio.com. Um, Matt Bishop has got one hell of a an MMA podcast going on, so it's strictly MMA. Um, well, from time to time they do delve a little bit in pro wrestling, but not not often. But um, I'm no, I'm not even going to play the Angry Marks commercial. I'll talk to you guys next week.